Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Good morning, y'all. <laughs> So for those who don't know, I am, uh, my name is Karen. I'm the youth pastor here. And today I got to wear the shirt that says, love thy Karen on it. Love thy Karen. Like, um, so, <laughs> um, I'm glad y'all are here this morning. And uh, today we're actually going to be kicking off our small groups. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, but before I do that, let's, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you that we get to come here and worship you and serve you. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to find a community that can support us. And if, um, and I thank you that you've provided that for us through this church. In Jesus' name, amen. And so like I said, we're going to be kicking off small groups today. And um, because of that, today we're talking about, the title of this message is A Community of Faith. And so we need each other. We need each other to build each other up, to, to build our faith and to strengthen our relationship with God. Um, but for some reason, many of us have bought into the lie that our faith is an independent thing, that our faith is just between me and God. And I've heard it far too often someone say, especially somebody who's already left the church, to say, I can, you know, read my Bible on my own, so why do I need to go to church? That's what I hear a lot of times. And in really what they're saying when they say, I can read my Bible and do this faith thing on my own, they're saying, I don't have to be a part of a church to have a strong faith. And honestly, I'd argue that that's not true. I don't believe that. Because... Um, because we need each other, and including that faith. It's, our faith is not just between me and God. It's between God and his people and me and God, right? It's that whole, there's a community there. And so how have we gotten to this place where we don't believe that we need each other? And I'd say a lot of the reason that we believe that is because of the country that we live in. Um, American culture says we don't need each other. It says... I can do this thing called life on my own. A lot of people even leave their own con their country, home country, leave their family, and leave the people that they love to be able to come here and start a new lives for themselves. And so it's this American culture that really depends on independence. Independence is actually the key to America. And this independence has seeped into our Christianity. We we now want this independent Christianity, but in reality, it's not independent. And so when I first started serving at Waterhouse, uh, at the time it was Westwood Christian Fellowship, one of my first lessons as a youth pastor was 
about how our culture, just in general today, is a chair culture. And so, um, how many people can you fit on a chair? One, maybe two, four. Okay, four is pushing it. I don't think, I don't know if I trust at least one of these chairs for four people. I don't know. But three people, maybe, right? And so our culture says we, prob- we just need a very few amount of people to really support us. And I, and I argue that instead of a chair culture, our church and the church itself should have a bench culture. And so a bench, like you can fit so many more people on a bench. How many people can you fit on a bench, depending on the bench? Five to eight, 10, 20, I don't know, lots. So it depends on the bench, right? But we, you can fit so many more people on a bench, and when you're fitting more people, often you have to be closer to each other, right? When you're, when you're trying to fit more people on that bench, you have to be closer to each other. You have to be able to know each other well enough to be able to sit that close to each other. And so I actually, there's a bench out in the foyer, and I brought that so that y'all could either take a picture on the bench with your, with your community that is your people, or you can see how many people you can fit on that bench. Um, try not to break the bench. We're not super attached to it, but you know, it's it'd be better off still working. Um, <laughs> but hey, take a picture on the bench, share it with us, uh, tag Waterhouse with it as well. Um, but we should live in this culture where we allow people into our lives. But this chair culture has kind of made it hard for other people to feel like they can be part of our lives. We even use the chair next to us for our belongings, right? Uh, I don't know how many of y'all have something on uh, the chair next to you. So that, and, <laughs> and this is normal, right? It's a normal thing that we do. But really, in a, in a way, when we have something in the chair next to us, we're kind of saying, hey, please don't sit next to me, <laughs> right? Like, otherwise, they have to, you, have to be, you have to get all your stuff and put it underneath you. you know, like it's, it's a little bit more of a hassle if somebody wants to sit next to you. Um, so we're really saying, hey, like, this chair is not for you, <laughs> you know. Um, but we know that as the church, we should look different than the culture around us. We should look different than America. And this is one of those struggles, this is, this is one of those areas that we kind of struggle with sometimes as a church, being in a community, being able to talk to the people that we are around. Because like I said, it's in our culture to really be more uh, independent, And so where independence is the key to America, unity and togetherness should be the key to the church. Psalm 133.1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And then John 13.34-35 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So it's so important that we live in unity, we live together, because this unity, this togetherness shows that we are followers of Christ. Us loving each other proves that we love Jesus. And so why should we strive for this, this bench culture, right? We want to strive to create this bench culture that people can come sit next to us and be able to uh, know us more. And we should strive for that because we need each other. And so why do we need each other? I'm going to give you all a couple answers that I came up with. But one of those answers 
is we need each other because we are created for relationship. God created us to have a relationship with him. And he also created us to have relationships with each other. When God had finished creating Adam, he saw that Adam was alone, and he said in Genesis 2.18, it is not good for the man to be alone. We need each other, and one of our main purposes in life is to be in relationship. I've seen the uh, bumper stickers and things that we've seen that say, love God and love people, because that's one of our Christian purposes, is to love God and to love people. And in order to love someone, in order to love God, in order to love a person, we have to have a relationship with that person. And so it's really saying, have a relationship with God, have a relationship with people. That is our purpose as Christians. And that's why we need each other, because that's our purpose. We also need each other because my strengths are different than your strengths, right? What I can do might be different than what you can do. And so 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 21, shows us how the church is, a, is kind of similar to a body. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Each part of our body is different, and this is the same in the church. We can't, we can't tell our body that we don't need our nose or our ears or our mouth. Those are all things that do different things that are so important to, to being who we are, and that's the same way in the church. You do something different that's so important to being the church. So last time I got to speak, I actually um, kind of gave you all a preview about uh, the story that I'm going to tell that I really feel like um, explains how the church works together and how we can really support each other in different strengths. And so I spoke about um, this trip that we take for the youth. Uh, we go on a mystery trip every summer. It's a trip where the youth have no idea where we're going. And so we take them, and uh, the, the adults know where we're going, but the youth have no clue. And um, so we were heading to Amarillo this time, and we had a bunch of youth in the church van. And so maybe like eight youth, maybe nine. It was about eight, nine people all together. And I was driving the church van, and on the way there to Amarillo, which is the five-and-a-half-hour drive, I had a tire blowout. Yeah, it was intense. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, we were... So I don't know if you've ever driven Amarillo, but this drive to Amarillo is quite... could be in the middle of nowhere where your tire blows out. It could possibly be where you are not close to anything, and th thankfully, this was not one of those times. This was one of those times we were about five minutes away from Quana, which happens to be a, a larger small town on the way to Amarillo. <laughs> and um, we were able to get to Quana in about five minutes um, because one of, and especially one of our volunteers who was with us, David Shields, he was able to change our flat tire quickly and get us back on the road so that we could get to Quana and be able to get a new tire there. And thankfully, they had a whole bunch of tire shops, and we were able to get the tire that we needed as well, which is also a God thing. But uh, I could change a tire. It would just take me a lot longer, right? <laughs> um, so, while we were, so we actually got the tire changed while we were stopped for lunch and ended up getting to Paladur Canyon, which was where we were heading, at the original time we were planning, even with the tire blowout. And so we made it to the canyon, 
and had a great time exploring. We have some pictures of the, our ex explorations. And so when it was time to leave, we were heading up the steep hill out of the canyon, and the van's check engine light starts blinking and then beeping, okay? You know it's really bad if you're, you know, it's like starts beeping at you, okay? So, yeah, so I was like, oh gosh, I'm still driving the van. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull over to the side of the cliff here. Um, <laughs> and so we had to pile all these youth out of the van and make sure and, and figure out what was happening. The, the van was overheating. And so thankfully, David Shields was there for this one again. And he was like, okay, I know what to do here. Um, I can make sure that it does, at least we can maybe set, you know, maybe the engine won't be dead by the time we get it back to Weatherford. Um, <laughs> and so he, he put water in it and did what he needed to do. And, um, and, but while he was fixing the van or trying to fix the van, I was like, okay, how are we going to get these youth that were in this van to the next place that we were going? Because Paladero Canyon is about to close. We're trying to figure out how to get there. And so I was like, okay, I'm, well, I'm from Amarillo, so it was a lot easier for me to know what to do because I was able to call in the troops. So I called my brother, I called my brother-in-law, and they were able to come and pick the youth up from there. Yes, praise the Lord. And, um, but while we were heading to our next thing, David and Jennifer and a couple of the seniors were able to, um, were there in, in Paladero Canyon to make sure that we can get the van out of the canyon before it closed. Uh, because if it closed, then we wouldn't be able to tow it home, all these great things, right? And so David and his wife stayed back and figured it out. And while we had the youth, youth didn't even know what was going on. They were just having a great time. Praise, you praise the Lord. But they were actually able to get it towed to the place where we were staying. And so we ended up staying at the night at the church that I actually grew up at in Amarillo. And so it was really cool to be able to see that the, that church was also supporting me even after the fact that I had left. But the, the van still wasn't running, so we also had to figure out how. And so, like I said, I'm going to call in the troops. I messaged as many people as I could that I knew that might have a vehicle big enough for our group or even be willing to take some of them. Uh, you know, I'm like, are you doing anything this Saturday? Because I got something for you. <laughs> But it was really late by the time that we could really reach out to them. And so it was about midnight when I'm texting my, my friends and messaging them on Facebook, being like, hey, we need help. We're stranded. And so I knew it wouldn't be the, until like the next morning until I heard something. So I'm just trusting God. I'm like, God's got the answer. We don't, I'm not worrying about it. It's fine. Um, I was a little worried, but you know. <laughs> but, while, but while we were figuring that out, David Shields was like, okay, we need to make sure that the van doesn't get stuck in Amarillo. And so he decided that he was going to drive his truck all the way back to Weatherford that night and then pick up a trailer and drive back to Amarillo the same night. Yeah. And um, so he got, the, he got the trailer. We were able to put the van on the trailer and take the van back home. Um, and the next morning... One of my good friends that actually used to be one of the volunteers in the youth group that I was part of, she got back to me and said, yes, actually, I'm actually planning on going to DFW tomorrow or today and leaving at the same time we were planning on leaving. 
Exactly. Wow. This, that's exactly it. Wow. Because God knew exactly what we needed. And the coolest thing was she had the exact spots that in her car that we needed as well. We needed seven spots. And that's a lot because most cars don't even hold eight people, you know, or seven people, but we needed seven seats. And so she was like, yeah, I'm going and I'd be happy to take your group with me. And it was amazing. And so it all worked out so many times. And I saw God just make sure that we had the solutions to those problems, but also through other people, right? It wasn't because I did something or it wasn't because of what I could do, but it was because of what other people could do. And it was this cool way of just seeing how we all just worked together to make sure that we could get this problem solved. And I even got, like, some of these cool things, I got to see my siblings while I was in town, which was not the plan. I was planning on just hanging out with the youth, doing what we were doing, and I wasn't really even going to get to say hi to them. But this time I got to hang out with them. It was great. And then on the way home, I got to be able to catch up with an old friend on the way. So it was just really cool to see God in this trip. And each person, and even the church that we stayed at, played a part. So David Shields, he had many strengths on this trip, uh, you know, being able to change a flat tire quickly, being able to tow a van out of a canyon. They had to figure out how to get a van out of a canyon. Um, he also had a, has the strength of not, being, not having to sleep. <laughs> and that's not my strength. I need sleep. Um, and being able to drive long hours. Um, and then Jennifer, his wife, was able to keep her cool even when things you know, didn't really go as expected, and she, I mean, she was screaming on the inside, but she was, these youth had no clue, right? <laughs> and then the church that we were able to stay at, they were able to give us the, let us stay at their facilities for that night, and then my family was able to really rally around and be able to drop everything that they had that day, because it was a Saturday, we all have Saturday plans, right? But they dropped those plans and were able to take us and do things um, throughout that time. And then my friend, my, uh, the one that drove the van all the way home, she was willing to spend her weekend with seven crazy youth, <laughs> take a drive with those, with those girls. But she already had that solution to our problem, and God already knew exactly what we needed. And so we need each other because our strengths are different than each other's, right? My strengths are different than yours. My strengths are definitely different than David Shields'. So I was glad he was on that trip. <laughs> but another thing that we, reason we need each other is because we encourage each other. People can encourage us when we are down. So when we're struggling with something, it's always nice to have a shoulder or two to cry on. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When somebody in our family or in our group is, is down, we're able to be that person that they can come to. And our group should be able to be that, those people that they can come to, to bring their burdens and so that we can lift that weight for them. And then another thing, people can also encourage us to do the right thing, to make sure that we don't fall into temptations. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, 
but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so we're supposed to be able to help people to not waver in their faith. Uh, recently, I actually got, we had a youth lesson about temptation and about sin. And I got to make some specific brownies for this lesson. These brownies had salt instead of sugar in them. <laughs> like all my youth, they, they were wiggling in their seats remembering what that tasted like because it was bad. <laughs> but these brownies represented um, how sin often looks and feels, right? Sin looks nice. It looks good. It looks like a brownie. It looks good. But when you partake in that, it's, it's not good, right? When you eat the salted brownies, it's not good. Um, and so it kind of represented that. But it was funny because I put these brownies on uh, the small group tables, and I put a sign that said, please don't eat the brownies until small groups. And a few of the youth even mentioned to me, they were like, I thought about actually eating one, um, but I told my friend, I was like, hey, let's eat, eat a brownie. And they were like, no, we can't do that. So that friend was making sure that they did the right thing. They, they made sure that that temptation was not, didn't happen. And so I like to say we find an exit buddy. When we're tempted, we have somebody to be able to get us out of that situation. And if we're alone, it's going to be a lot easier if that person hadn't been like, hey, let's eat a brownie. If she, they had just gone to the back and been like, I'm going to eat this brownie, it would not have been good. And so we see how having each other encourages us to do the right thing. And I actually saw this meme on Facebook this week. I thought it went really well with what I'm talking about. And so we see in this meme uh, some zebras, and it's um, there's one zebra away from the pack, and Satan is coming to attack that zebra because when we're when we're with each other, it's a lot harder to attack. But when we're alone, Satan's gonna be able to attack a lot easier. And so it's easier to fall into temptation when you don't have the right community around you. And that's it, the right community, right? We need, we need some good church family around us. And so we need each other because we encourage each other. We also need each other because we can get more done with others, right? We can get way more done with other people around us. And this is true of any project in life. We got to serve recently uh, picking up trash around the church with the, the group called Love Weatherford. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they pick up trash all over Weatherford, and we got to do that around the church with this group. And collectively, we collected about 17 bags of, or even more of trash. And if one person had decided, I'm going to pick up some trash today, would have been awesome, but they probably wouldn't have gotten 17 bags of trash unless they worked like all day, right? We worked for one hour and got 17 bags of trash. And when one person does one something great, it still isn't going to make as much of an, of an impact as if a whole group of people does it. And so we can, make, we can get more done with other people. And this is also true with prayer. So Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. And so it's so important that we get to pray together as well. We actually have a small group of people that meet on Thursdays here at the church uh, to pray for our church. 
And Henry Mertz is a part of that group. And he was just telling me the other day, he said that we've had this group praying for our church for about a year now. And the prayer requests that they've prayed for, they've seen almost or over 50% of those prayer requests answered because we're praying together as a group. And that's powerful. God says when two or more are gathered, he is there with them. And so right now he is with us because we are in a group together. This is, it's so much more sh- strong with each other. And so it's prayer. And so with all of those reasons, and I'm sure even more, of needing each other, we might need to know how to live and care for each other, especially since caring for people is kind of hard, right? I don't know. Loving and caring for people can be difficult. And God wouldn't have told us to love each other if it wasn't easy. It's something that we don't really naturally do, and so he had to give us that command. I um, I like to say, Um, God never told us to love dogs, right? Most people love dogs um, because it's easy to love dogs. Um, He told us to love people because it's it's hard to love people. (laughs) So what should a community of faith look like? Romans 12, 9 through 17 really shows us um, a good idea of what a faith community should look like. And so I'm going to read that for us today. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. And so none of these things that I read were easy, right? Um, (laughs) Those were all very difficult things to be able to uphold, but it's it's different than our culture. And that's why it's so important. So when we create a group that takes delight in honoring one another, works hard and serves God enthusiastically, is patient in struggles, prays for each other, is ready to help each other, is eager to share their space with each other, who blesses and prays for the people who hurt them, who celebrates with each other, who cries with each other, who isn't prideful, who is willing to admit they don't have all the answers, and who repays evil with kindness. We're creating something the world wants to be a part of. They want to know why we are that way. When people come to church, they should wonder, why are these people so nice to each other? They should want to know what that is, and they should want to be part of that, because part of the church is being able to show people the love of Christ. And so there's this story in Mark of a paralyzed man whose friends were kind of crazy and literally broke through someone's roof 
to make sure their struggling friend could be close to Jesus. And so let's read that, Mark 2, 1 through 4. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above the head, their heads. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. We need a group that is willing to carry us, willing to dig through hard things with us, right? The roof was hard. Willing to do whatever it takes to help us get closer to Jesus. And so today is, is our small group Sunday, and we want you to sign up for a group if, if that's something that you feel led to do. And so I'm going to ask our small group leaders to come up, kind of like the prayer team normally does. Come on up. I didn't tell some of them. Um, but so those that just come on up. Um, and I'm going to just uh, announce those small groups to y'all so that you can kind of see a face with that small group. And um, they're going to wave whenever I announce um, whenever I announce their group, they're going to give a wave so that um, y'all know who we're talking about. Um, and so um, our, one, of our, one of our groups is um, hosted by Janelle Holder, and she is uh, doing a group on outdoor activity, outdoor adventures. And so all ages are welcome to join this group. Um, they're going to be doing fun outdoor activities every Saturday starting this Saturday. So if you want to come, that's a great group to, to join. Yes. Okay. We're all going to clap for everybody. You have to clap for every single one now. Okay. Um, <laughs> but one of, the, one of the best ways that you can do this, I'm going to announce all of them, and I'm, we're going to put a, um, a slide on the screen that says how you can join these groups. You text groups to 817-803-3131. That's going to be your best way of joining those. Uh, but I'm going to show y'all all the people that were you could join. And so uh, Brenda Baez, I don't think she's here. This She was here for the first service. Um, she is hosting a group on the book of James. Uh, this is an adult group, so um, any, any adults are welcome. And this group meets on Thursday evenings. Then we also have Rebecca and Jacob Masters. I don't believe they're here uh, today, but that's okay. Uh, they are hosting a Cast Iron Christians for parents of teens and their families. And so this is kind of a parent and teens fam family group, and they're going to enjoy fellowship, prayer, and food. And this group will meet on Sunday evening starting next Sunday. And then we also have Judy Stout. Wave, wave. Okay, Judy is hosting a group on overcoming codependency on Tuesdays. And codependency is something where uh, we really just aren't being who we are meant to be and helping people realize that they can be who they're meant to be. I think that's a lot of what codependency is. And so overcoming codependency on Tuesdays with Judy. And then we have... <laughs> <laughs> and we have Becky and John Vicknair. They are hosting a group on uh, the show The Chosen. So if you've watched the, ch the, the show The Chosen or if you want to watch that show, this is a great, sh uh, a great show to be able to study. And they're going to be meeting on that on Thursday evenings at 630. And so uh, they're going to be leading that group. Then we have Terry. 
Terry Zachary over here. He's hosting a group uh, for 20-somethings, and I believe on Tuesdays. We don't have a set time just yet, but Tuesdays. And so you can join his group if you're in the 20-somethings age range. And then we have some groups that have been already meeting seasonal. They met last season, and they're still going to be meeting this season as well, which is awesome. So Jessica Mayhall and Misty Barrett and Miranda over here, um, they are leading a group for mothers and daughters, and that meets every other Saturday at 10 a.m. And so if you're a mother and daughter group that you want to hang out and do some fun stuff, they do that. And then we have Brad and Rachel Highbarger. They are the lifers, and that's going to be every other Saturday at noon. And um, that's just spending life together, being able to connect with people um, in, and, like, spend time outside of the church together. And then we also have a lot of other groups. We have Mark Jacobs. Um, he leads a seniors and recent grads college age group uh, every other Saturday. And then we also have a... Uh, we call it a young adults group, but I, I'm, I'm, it's my husband Brian. He's uh, leading that one, and um, he says it's for 20s and 30s. We're actually currently in a study of on Revelation, and so um, I, I want to say that one's called the Zillennials because we have a lot of millennials and some Gen Z. So that's my name of it. Um, but we meet <laughs> first and third Sundays at four. And then, um, and then also, we'd love for you to join on Wednesday nights. Um, we have classes for youth, kids, uh, women's. And then we also have Cliff Olson join, has a class um, that you journey through the Bible at Wednesdays at 7. So if you're not a woman and you want to still come on a, on a Wednesday night, that's a great place for you to be. And then if you just want to learn more about the Bible and that's what your heart is, you can join that class as well. And so then also we have uh, the men's group on Monday nights at 6.30 and our normal Wednesday for women. So those are our groups that we offer, and we really would love for you to sign up and be able to be part of one of those groups. And if you're not part of one of those groups, if you're new here today and you're like, I don't want to join a group, that's weird, um, that, that's okay. So one of, the, one of the things that we just would love for you to be able to connect with our church, and the best way to do that is by texting our keynote our text number 817-803-313 and text connect to that number. But we're going to um, close with prayer and y'all come join a group. If uh, Talk to one of these people if that was something that you're interested in. And we're going to have a, a, a slide on the screen to show you exactly how to do that by texting groups to 817-803-313. So let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you that you have provided amazing hosts that are willing to... Um, be able to create groups that can be a community of faith that we can support each other in, Lord. I pray that you would just call those that maybe haven't yet become parts of those community of faith, that they would be able to step into that and be able to um, be able to have that encouragement that they need. In Jesus' name.